It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome, everyone, to our Sunday edition, our Iron Bowl preview of bams radio is we do take a look back to at the 66 to 10 evisceration of chattanooga as alabama took care of business and stayed focused and did what they had to do i don't think they came away with anybody injured they did have an injection in the game as of course uh the uh, uh the karma police i guess you would say with all the bitching and moaning from the rest of college football world uh got uh, you know, Chris Braswell, unfortunately, ejected in his last home game. Hated to see that, but, you know, it was probably a good call. It was a little high when he went in. It was targeting, but the good break for Alabama is there was a couple of them. He had to miss the second half of the game against Chattanooga. He will be available for Auburn. And, uh, you know, they got a chance to play Q Rob and, uh, you know, Quandarius Robinson. Has uh, had a good year for Alabama. He got a lot of reps. Got hurt late, but according to Nick Saban, it was not serious. It was a stinger. So he should be available for the Auburn Tigers. The only one that sounds like he will not be, and, uh, you know, William Barger is, is with me, and, and along with Thomas Watts, my usual two co- cohorts, we'll talk about that. But I think the injury situation for Ja'Cory Brooks is a little more serious. He may be out for a while, but the beautiful thing we've seen with Jermaine Burton out last week and then, you know, no Ja'Cory Brooks, is this Alabama receiver group is not skipping a beat. And uh, we're going to talk about that and more, of course, with Thomas the Wizard Watts in the Fort Seated Mobile keeping us on the air, going to give us his thoughts and takes as, and uh, on this Auburn game. And, you know, the expectation has kind of changed a little bit. I mean, uh, in the last 24 hours, I mean, Auburn – Looked like they were going to come in on a four-game winning streak. They're very tough at Jordan-Hare, and they're still probably going to be tough. But I think Auburn got a huge reality check of where they are yesterday. And Alabama fans should remember the name Jerry Kill and Michael the Burner Turner very well from 2003, about 20 years ago, when he put a hurting on Alabama uh, in, uh, in northern Illinois in Mike Shula's first year. But again, that's just football and Auburn 31 to 10 losers. They will certainly throw a lot of emotion into the Alabama game. But again, it's about Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. And Alabama is better than Auburn in every phase. And Alabama is better than the 2021 team that got pushed to overtime in every phase. And we'll talk about that. And with William Redfish Barger, as I mentioned, from 89 to 93 a national champion, an SEC champion, and a key member of the Crimson Tide. And, William, I know I just sort of mentioned it in the opening comments, but uh, kind of expand on what you saw yesterday because I know Ja'Cory's been out for a couple of weeks, but it doesn't look like he will be back for Auburn, unlike Deontay Lawson, who I think very likely will be back, and Jalen Key. I don't think we'll be seeing Ja'Cory Brooks. No, I mean, uh, you know, Drew, I I, want to say it was after the – you know, the Ty Simpson, um, you know, supposed touchdown run where he dropped the ball before he crossed the plane to the goal line. 
and then after the the offense scored, um, and that, you know everybody everybody went back to the sideline. I saw a you know what what a body build basically from a skill player in my opinion, either a DB or a wide receiver. Um, you know, in a gray Alabama jumpsuit, um, standing on the sideline, and he had his arm in a sling, and then he had the you know the piece of foam that. Um, you know, is always indicative of, of rotator cuff surgery. Um, you know, had that in play, you know, in play as well. And I've had four friends that have had, uh, you know, rotator cuff surgery this year. So I know what the whole routine looks like. And I, you know, I just couldn't pin it on, um, you know, who it was during the broadcast yesterday, but, um, you know, I think you, you know, you've probably, uh, connected the dots and, and figured out that it was Ja'Cory Brooks and I, I'm in full agreement that's probably who it was but um, no I mean I, I think yesterday was um, a really really good um, you know game for the program um, you know the offense came out in the first quarter and um, you know they were on fire um, you know scoring points and then you know they did have a little bit of a lull um, you know, in the second half, but, you know, I was, I was very, very happy that, you know, Nick Saban went to the bench, um, as quick as he did in the second half, um, you know, gave Ty Simpson a lot of reps and, and, you know, Ty looked very, uh, comfortable and efficient, um, you know, with the reps that he got as the quarterback and, um, you know, you know, he, and probably even more so than that, you know, the thing that kind of, you know, warm the cackles of my heart was, um, you know, once some of the second and third team guys, um, you know, got in on defense yesterday in that blowout. I mean, they, they, they look nasty. Yeah. Um, and so when you start looking forward, you know, regardless of how this year's season plays out, um, you know, as to what Alabama's, you know, what, what their, um, you know, program is, you know, what they're going to put on the field for 2024. And it's, you know, it's a pretty daunting schedule that they have to navigate through. And, you know, thank God the the football gods have expanded the playoffs to, to 12 teams because, you know, an SEC program, whether it's uh, Missouri or Florida or Alabama and Georgia, you know, they might need that 12-team playoff to, uh, you know, sneak in there. Um, with with the type of schedules that they have to navigate next year. But, um, you know, it was good seeing all the young kids get to play. Um, you know, there there was a lot of, you know, positive football that, that took place. And I'm glad that Nick took the, you know, the approach that he did of letting them come in early in the second half, you know, which he's not known to do. Um, you know, there's two things that he's known for is, you know, going into halftime with three timeouts in his pocket and then not pulling the starters quick enough in the second half. Um, you know, he exercised one of those demons yesterday. And uh, so, you know, I mean, I, I think the the expectation of the UT Chattanooga game yesterday, you know, certainly, you know, turned out to be true. Um, you know, they beat him up early and, um, you know, kind of coasted through the second quarter. The second half was – you know, kind of the Ty Simpson show and, you know, he showed out and, 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 you know, I, I think that's, you know, what you saw in the fourth quarter last week at Kentucky and what you saw yesterday against a, 
you know, certainly, you know, overwhelmed from a talent standpoint, UT Chattanooga team. Um, you know, I think you got to see why a lot of people in that Malmore football complex, um, you know, thought that Ty Simpson was going to be the starting quarterback in 2023 for Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've i been really impressed, not just with Jalen Milrow's improvement. I thought Milrow was really sharp yesterday. He did take one sack when he held the ball too long. I firmly believe they didn't really want him to run a lot yesterday, mainly because he had had the no that was that was obvious, Drew. Yeah, yeah, the, the hip pointer. They they just they they wanted to work on the drop back passing game. Uh, they're trying to save the bullets for Auburn, so uh, they got out of it what they needed. Thirteen out of sixteen, you know, uh, 197 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he got Burton lathered up and going early. Had a big first quarter. Jermaine was back, so that's big, especially with. You know, Ja'Cory out, uh, but Isaiah Bond has done a good job at kind of being 1B to 1A Burton. And then you've got guys like I, – I, William, I continue to be more and more impressed with Kendrick Law and the role he's taken on. He's a tough SOB, man. And uh, I, I, I think he's going to give Auburn some problems with end arounds and also pass routes. I, I, I think the Auburn secondary is good, not great. I think it can be victimized. I think Alabama can run the ball as well. Uh, I, I just think overall, I, I, I felt good about the matchup even, uh, you know, before what happened with New Mexico State. But And I know that they're going to they're gonna be they, – they didn't even practice uh, for uh, New Mexico State. They were working on Alabama. That was obvious. But, again, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes. Uh, not the X's and the O's in games like this. Uh, you you very rarely see uh, huge upsets. We almost saw one two years ago. And so that's why Nick Saban will, I'm sure, go back to that game. He will go back to Auburn almost beating Georgia a few, several weeks ago. So Alabama is not going to take this game for granted. They have no margin for error. They've got to win it to stay in the race to make the Georgia game count. And I still believe that this Alabama team beats the Georgia Bulldogs. Who, you know, a lot of the media and everybody else thinks they're never going to lose a game again. Uh, you know, I heard people saying this weekend that they were at least two touchdowns better than Alabama. Then, you know, if Alabama can find a way to beat the big bad dogs, then I think, you know, there's no way they can be left out at 12-1 and because some of these other teams are losing. Two or three of them are going to, and Alabama would be an SEC champion over a program of Georgia's ilk, and that would be huge. But they got to beat Auburn first, and certainly uh, I like the matchup right now. I like Alabama in every phase. About the only push I could give is punter and place kicker. It's probably a push between the two teams. Uh, you know, certainly McPherson and Chapman are, are really good, but so are Will Reichert and, uh, and of course, uh, James Burnup. So, and, and the biggest thing that came out of this, William, I got to tell you a story. You're really good friends with Rodney Orr, and no shit, this is 110% true. I looked at Rodney Orr, and I said, and and you know how good your teammate Pop, a.k.a. David Palmer, was. And by the way, it's David Palmer's birthday, or at least it was this week. So I, I if it wasn't today, then it was yesterday. But it's just been his birthday week, and I just want to say, I never saw the deuce drop a punt, William, ever. He had the best set of hands I ever saw. And as soon as they made the change, once Kool-Aid won, fielded one, or he didn't catch the first one. 
the second one, he never should have filled it inside the five. And then he fumbled it. Luckily, Alabama recovered it. But he, they made the change to Caleb Downs. He made two unbelievable catches on punts. And then the third attempt, I shit you not, and I can cuss on this show, I looked at Rob <laughs> and I said, I said, <laughs> I said, well, looks like they may have uh, found a new punt returner. And Rodney Orr goes, he looks like the deuce out there. And then the punt happened, the 360 happened, and he took it 85 yards to the house. <laughs> and I turned to Rodney and I said, well, you called it. And that is absolutely 110% true. Rodney Orr calling his own shot with Caleb Downs. It looks like they found a punt returner. Well, I mean, not just a punt returner, Drew. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I think I've told the story on this this show before, um, where where our you know our, our you know incredible uh, defensive back coach uh, Traveris Robinson T. Rob, um, you know, made a comment to a former teammate of mine in private uh, last year. Um, you know, when he was recruiting Caleb Downs and uh, Justice Haynes over in the state of Georgia. Uh, but he, he told a former um, teammate of mine that, that Caleb Downs could have started for him in the secondary when he was a sophomore in high school. And also, the, the, you know, the way that it, you know, kind of belayed from, um, you know, was post, you know, the Tennessee game last year. Um, you know, if they'd have had Caleb Downs back there at safety, um, you know, uh, Hyatt wouldn't have had the success that he did, um, you know, versus Alabama and that loss up there in, in Knoxville. But, you know, I, I think the the thing that makes Caleb Downs, you know, such a asset, you know, he's, you know, leading the team in tackles. I think he's like fourth or fifth in the SEC in tackles. Um, but, you know, the, the guy is so advanced. Um, you know, in his football knowledge. And, you know, you hear Nick Saban talk about him and he's, you know, you know, begging for, you know, film study and extra reps and practice. And, you know, what can I do to be better? And, you know, I know the comparison kind of started and stopped when, 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 you know, before the first game, you know, started this year in 2023 uh, between Caleb Downs and Minka Fitzpatrick. But, you know, if you look what Caleb Downs has done in his true freshman campaign, you know, he's going to be all SEC. Um, you know, he's going to make all the freshman All-American teams. But based on what I've seen, um, you know, I don't know if he's not the, the best, you know, free safety in college football. Um, I mean, the, 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 the kid is just, you know, he comes from a football family. Um, you know, daddy played football at a high level, brother played football at a high level. Um, but, you know, you, you just don't see a Caleb Downs come around but once every five to seven years. And, you know, as, as Alabama fans that we are, you know, me, you, and Thomas um, are now, I mean, we're blessed to have a kid like that, you know, in the program. And, you know, th this is another one, you know, that's just going to be, um, you know, this was his true freshman season. 
Um, you know, I wished he could have gotten a couple of more interceptions, which would have, you know, kind of gotten him a little bit more higher up in the um, All-American voting and all that stuff. But, you know, just, just the way that he comes up, plays the run, you know, the way that he plays passes, um, I mean, just, just a special, special human being as a football player. And, you know, the, 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 really and truly, if you're an Alabama fan, um, and I'm not going to sit here and say that Caleb Downs is better than Minka Fitzpatrick as a true freshman. I mean, those are two really, really special treats, um, you know, if you're an Alabama football fan. But, I mean, Caleb Downs is as elite as it gets. You don't see very mental, uh, very mental uh, many defensive backs. I mean, Marlon Humphrey, um, you know, couldn't even do it. Um, they, they come into the Nick Saban program at Alabama, and I realize, you know, he's a safety, he's not a corner, but they, they can play at that level and, and hold that fort down back there and, and know all the coverages, the, you know, the Nick Saban defensive playbook that's as thick as the Metro Atlanta Yellow Pages. Um, you know, kudos to him. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of, of uh, Alabama freshman football players that we can give kudos to on this show. But, you know, it starts and stops with Caleb Downs. Oh, it does. He, he's got 90 tackles now, William. He was second on the team in tackles on Saturday. Um, he's going to have over 100, I predict, after the Iron Bowl because I bet he has double digits in that game. And certainly Auburn's going to try to throw the football uh, no doubt about it, and uh, you know he's just been a super, super impressive. Wait, 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 guy. wait, wait, hey, wait a second! Did you just say that Auburn's going to try and throw the football? Hell, they didn't yeah, try and throw I, it versus I, New Mexico State. I, I think they're going to because I, I don't <laughs> think they're going to be able to run it against Alabama. I can tell you that I'll be very disappointed. Caleb Downs seven tackles, and our guy Jihad Campbell, who continues to step up when Deontay Lawson's hurt. He led the way with 10 more, William. I know you've been very impressed with him. Uh, but I've been very impressed with the way this team, we just talked about Ja'Cory Brooks, so we've seen Kendrick Law start to blossom. We've seen Isaiah Bond have moments. We've seen Jermaine Burton get back in the lineup. Malik Benson had a touchdown catch, uh, you know, uh, uh, yesterday. I've been impressed with how guys have stepped up in the place of others when they've had injuries. And – the only time I got really nervous yesterday is when our boy, the Swamp Monster, went down to one knee after a big play and didn't get up right away. But then he, he I guess he was, he, he had, just had to catch his breath for a second because then he started running like uh, Rocky Balboa in Philadelphia. So he was. Thawing. Well, I mean, I mean, Drew, let's be honest. I mean, I can't relate to this. I know you damn sure can't relate to this. But when your triceps, or the size of a Thanksgiving turkey like the Swamp Monsters are. I mean, you you, you, you got to get some oxygen, and you got to have a break at some point. And, and, and there again, I don't know who the media guest is going to be Thursday for the Nick Saban show. Yeah. But I would pay a lot of money for somebody to ask Nick Saban this question. Coach. Was Jaden Roberts really the third-team offensive guard at right guard going into the season? 
And yeah. if he says yes, I want a damn detailed answer on whether it was Eric Wolford or Nick Saban that said he's the third best guy at that position. Because now 77 is playing college football in the SEC at an all-SEC level. That guy is one of my favorite players that I've ever watched. Um, he, he's been a big um, reason for the turnaround with the offensive line, um, you know, both in run blocking. And, and, you know, if you go back to the second half of the Tennessee game, and, you know, I, I, I hate to, you know, call people out because I don't know the guy's name. But but whoever the defensive coordinator is at Tennessee that made the decision to line James Pierce up over at least in the first half, 90% of the time over our best offensive lineman in J.C. Latham versus putting him over Caden Roberts, you know, that, that, guy's, that guy needs to be fired. Tim Banks, I mean, why would you ever – Bye. Yeah. Yes, I mean, why, why, why would you ever want to try and create that matchup? You know, put him over the guy that gives up four or five sacks a week. Um, but, but, you know, going back to, you know, Jaden Roberts, I mean, that guy is scary to look at. Um, he plays every Saturday with his pants on fire um, and, and just, you know, steamrolls people. But, you know, there's there's two key factors, Drew, in my opinion, that you can trace back to the improvement of this Alabama football team um, from where we were sitting post-South Florida game to where we're sitting now. And it's Tommy Reese's work with Jalen Milrow as the starting quarterback and creating an offense for him to be successful with. And the second one is Jaden Roberts' emergence as the right guard. And those two, those two, you know, those are, you know, pretty two key positions. Um, but, but that's, that's why you're looking at Alabama's offense the way they are now versus what they looked like in September, you know, You've got a quarterback that's comfortable doing what the coaching staff asked them to do, and you've got a right guard that can line up against whether it's Georgia, Michigan, uh, Ohio State, whoever, and that damn swamp monster is going to blow your freaking three-technique defensive tackle into, the, into oblivion. Such a good player. So happy for him. And, and – and, he plays every Saturday for the University of Alabama like it's his last damn play of football. Love the kid. Well, and Thomas, uh, how is I, – I think you were caught very confident in Alabama's position heading into the Iron Bowl. Did, how, does it change at all with what you saw on Saturday with how they got handled by New Mexico State? What, what changes or doesn't change in your mind? I have to be honest, Drew, nothing really changes. I, I thought that New Mexico State could kind of come up and bite Auburn. I didn't quite expect 31-10. to 10. I, I, I Honestly, it was one of those things 
I thought that you would have one of those nip and tuck affairs that maybe Auburn gets a late touchdown and suddenly the game, you know, goes 31-21 kind of thing. So my my best – put the air quotes – my best case scenario before Saturday was that Auburn would have to play four quarters against a team that really is not that great. I think Jerry Kill, the coach of the New Mexico State, I believe they're Aggies, deserves a yeah. ton of credit for doing what they did. But that was a big shock. And the thing is, so Jerry Kill won, has handed Hugh Freeze his own derriere uh, every time they've played over the past two years. But what was he able to do with that? Because, frankly – I'm not sure that the Auburn Tigers talent and the Liberty Flames talent that Hugh Freeze had last year are that different because that's the problem with the Auburn Tigers. It's not that their scheme is bad. It's not that their coaches are bad. I actually think Hugh Freeze is a great coach, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. It's that Brian Harson just kind of, you know, I'm going to take Auburn recruiting and light it on fire and then – go compete with Georgia and Alabama with my two stars and say, I'll develop them into five stars. And Nick Saban and Kirby Smart are like, I'll take my five stars and develop into first round picks. What you got now? So, and we've seen that over the past couple of years, but honestly to me, Drew, the way the story of the game going into the iron bowl is the way that Alabama has been playing as a football team since the second half started against the Tennessee Volunteers. They annihilate Tennessee. You know, 27 nothing, 27 nothing run. Huge credit to the players and the staff. And again, that 27 nothing run kind of aligns with what Georgia did to Tennessee, which I'll eat my crow. I thought Tennessee was going to give Georgia a game, but unfortunately the Josh Heupel train is doing what the Josh Heupel train always does. He wins with someone else's players with a superior scheme. Then he forgets how to recruit, and we have a show until he gets fired. At least he looks like a big orange turd in that Tennessee windbreaker that no one wants to see. So, hey, congratulations. Just roll on out in the field and all that crap. Anyhow, since that point, Alabama has been locked in. Yes, Jaden Daniels did terrible, terrible things to the Alabama defense in the first half. But Jaden Daniels, for fans that don't know, would do that to everybody in college football. You think the Michigan team that just gave up 24 to Talia Tonguevailoa and Mike Loxley would be able to do a damn thing with the LSU offense? Uh, spoiler alert, they're not doing that, particularly because they don't have their signals anymore. Kind of weird that, in fact, you remove the cheating aspect of it and Michigan looks mediocre. But anyhow, so since that point, the Alabama team has come out and just played lights out. The offense has been doing the things it needed to do. Jalen Milrow has put defenses in positions where it's indefensible. The worst thing in the world for the Auburn Tigers will be Jalen Milrow breaking the pocket and rolling to the right side. Now, if he rolls to the left side, he can still do damage, but Jalen Milrow likes rolling to the right side. If he rolls to the right side, you're done. Just accept the first down and move on and hope you stop, don't stop a touchdown. But <laughs> no, that, that, that's what it is. I'm sorry. That's just what it is. That, that's where he's comfortable. But, you know, they, they, they beat LSU. 
Then they go out and absolutely annihilate Kentucky, which I, again, on this show, I said, I don't think Alabama covers. I think they're going to sleep through it. I think there's a lot of emotion in it. Well, thank you, Alabama. I'll take my crow with my hot sauce, annihilate them, and then go to Chattanooga, and everyone's going I've had some people be like, well, Alabama backed off when they were up four touchdowns. I'm like, okay, hold on. Think about what you just said. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to take a lap. No, 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 no. Go around the block. Think about what you just said. They're up four scores and they 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 let they let off the gas a little bit. That is that is a first world problem. Hush. So now we're going into Auburn. And Auburn, I agree, I think they were looking ahead to Alabama. And they got their asses kicked for it. But you talk about the Auburn Tigers. You look at a lot of Sims. You look at a lot of stuff. Alabama's twenty to you know twenty points better in general. You talk about the stats surrounding the Auburn Tigers. Their passing game is essentially non-existent. Uh, their running game's pretty good, but their total offense is pretty bad. Their defense is call it top half of the SEC. You know, do some magic math to it. Top half of the SEC, so they'll be able to hold Alabama down a little bit. But uh, this is not a team that's ever going to be comfortable playing from behind, which is, I think, where Alabama's going to put them. And I think you're going to see another Kentucky game. If Kentucky came in in Jordan-Hare, I'd take Kentucky. And we just saw what Alabama did going on the road to Kentucky. And here's the storyline that I think needs to be really honed in on, Drew. This Alabama team is focused. This Alabama team is picking them up and putting them down. And they're rolling. I, I, I hate to use the phrase, they're peaking at the right time, because frankly it's overused and kind of idiotic because of that. But beyond all of that, this Alabama team continues to get better. And what Alabama does travels. Physical, downhill defense that is going to hit you in the mouth. Now, you can get them if you're really, really good on offense. But they're going to hit you in the mouth. And this Alabama offense, you might, emphasis, might be able to get them in the first half. You don't have a prayer in the second unless you can majorly change your pitch. Hugh Freeze is a great offensive coach. He's not that good. The, 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 the low-key most important part of Alabama's growth is the fact that Nick Saban got it right with his coaches. These guys have made wonderful adjustments through every single game, even the Texas game they ended up losing for a variety of reasons, to put Alabama, the players, in positions to succeed. It's only gotten better as the se as the season has gone on, and I think it will continue against the Auburn Tigers. As I looked at these statistics, as I looked at the line, and here's your here here you go, fans. Here's what you're going to do. It's going to be a short Thanksgiving week, and uh, it's go around the water cooler, and Alabama Auburn comes up. The line opened in a lot of places at about twelve and a half. It's currently fourteen to fifteen. It takes a hell of a lot of action to open and move the line that much that fast. So the, the professional gamblers, the people who know as much math as I do, are saying Alabama's about ready to stomp Auburn into the ground. 
So when your buddy, who's an Auburn fan, you know, first mistaken his many mistakes in existence, says Alabama's going <laughs> to lose to Auburn, says they're going to beat uh, they're going to beat Alabama, blah 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 blah. There's the math, and suddenly your subjective water cooler discussion becomes an objective fact, and you can just win and walk away with a smile and a cup of coffee in your hand. Thank you. Follow Bams Radio on Twitter. Support us on Patreon, Drew. Well, I mean, I just don't think Alabama, they, you know, Auburn looked, looked ahead. Alabama will not look ahead to Georgia. They know what happened two years ago in 21, and they can't lose this game for the Georgia game to matter. You'd still be playing for an SEC title, but if you want to make the playoff, you got to win this game. Uh, so every game's a playoff game. you got to win the SEC championship game. Uh, and so, I, again, this is just one of those things where – I and this team's approach, like you said, Thomas, the way they eviscerated Kentucky, the way they've been systematically handling people. Uh, it's a team that's having a lot of fun. I think the chemistry's really good. You hit it out of the park there with the coaches. I think Reese has settled in, no question about that. Certainly Kevin Steele's doing a great job. And William, we haven't really talked about this, but he's not that far removed from Auburn. Steele knows Auburn really well. No, absolutely he does. And, and you know, the, the, that was, you know, one of the things that I found, you know, comical um, when, when you know, Nick Saban hired, you know, Tommy Rees and probably in the same two-week span hired Kevin Steele. Um, you know, a, a lot of my buddies were like, well, you know, Kevin Steele was pretty good when he was at Auburn. And I was like, well, shit, go back and look at, at, at the toys. Uh, that he had to play with, you know, Marlon Davidson, uh, Derek Brown. Um, you know, they had an edge rusher, I think. I can't remember his name, but, um, I, you know, I think he might have went, you know, second round. But, you know, you know, Drew, when it comes to this Alabama-Auburn matchup, um, you know, I think the thing that stands out to me is, and, and you know, this isn't, you know, uh, uh, an indictment for Hugh Freeze, but it's an indictment for, you know, Brian Harson and Gus Malzahn. Um, you know, when, when Auburn was really a dangerous opponent, and, you know, this kind of goes back to maybe, you know, 2013 when they had Nick Marshall and, you know, we had that whole shit show with the, the kick six game. Yeah. Um, you know, Auburn used to pump out, you know, one or two, uh, you know, first-round offensive linemen every year. Um, you know, go back and look as to where the last one was, and it's Sean Coleman in, like, 2014. So, you know, that, that program has gone through, you know, damn near 10 years where they haven't pumped out a first-round offensive lineman. And, you know, look, I'm not trying to sit here and say that you got to have, you know, a couple of, of first-round offensive linemen to be successful at the college level, but, you know, it damn sure helps. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's where the, um, you know, the Auburn program kind of started going down the gutter was – they, they they stopped recruiting and, and producing, um, you know, first-round draft picks on both sides of the football, you know, in the defensive front seven and the offensive line. But, 
you know, Drew, if you if you want to start talking about, you know, what Alabama is looking at, you know, this coming weekend from this Auburn football program, um, you know, it's amazing to me because the quarterback that Auburn has, um, he was pretty damn good last year at, at Michigan State. Yeah, um, Peyton Thorne, yeah. Yeah, Peyton Thorne was. Um, you know, and then, and then, you know, you've got the Robbie Ashford, you know, experience. And then, you know, when I talk to my Auburn buddies, I'm like, you know, if they give him the third team guy a chance to, you know, come in and, and throw a forward pass, you know, talking about uh, Grenier and, you know, no, they haven't. Um, you, you know, I, I'm really, you know, strangled and, 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 and you know, um, you know, coming with this prediction, but, it, you know, is Alabama actually 20 points better than Auburn? Um, based on what I've seen, yes, they are. Um, am I willing to make a, you know, 20-point prediction in the Iron Bowl on Saturday? Uh, I'm still on the fence as far as that, you know, as that's concerned. But um, certainly what happened yesterday in Jordan Field um, plays into that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm picking 34-17. I'm not going to quite pick 20. I think Auburn will play with emotion and they'll stay in the game in the first half. But I just think when you look at and you break it down positionally, Alabama's got the better quarterback. They've got the better running back room, even though Auburn's pretty decent there. I still think Alabama's running back room is stronger. Um, I think wide receiver-wise, it's not even close. Auburn doesn't have the difference makers, as Pat Dye would say. Uh, the tight end room, I think Alabama's better. Uh, Auburn hadn't had a lot of tight ends getting involved. And uh, definitely, I know Auburn's offensive line is better, but like you just detailed, they haven't put out studs in the NFL for a while. They've got Connor Lou and some young guys that are probably going to be NFL players, but not yet. So I think Alabama is better across the board offensively. Defensively, Alabama's got a much deeper and better defensive line. Auburn's is, uh, they've lost some guys throughout uh, the season to injuries. They don't have a lot of depth up front. You know, Marcus Harris has had a good year. Uh, they finally got McLeod back as an edge rusher, but Alabama's edge rushers, Braswell, will be available. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Dallas Turner, so Alabama's better there. They're better in the middle. I know, uh, you know, that uh, that Auburn's linebacker play has been better this year, no doubt about it. Uh, but I still think Alabama's is – they're going to have Deontay Lawson back to me, who's the who's the heart and soul. Won't have to play Trez Marshall as much. He'll have Jihad out there. Uh, so I think Alabama will be in, in better shape there. And then in the secondary – Auburn secondary is solid, no question about it. But Alabama, they is they have it's better than a year ago. Uh, Kool Aid and Terryon are both first, second round type picks. You've got Caleb Downs, the best freshman safety in the country, uh, with ninety uh, you know tackles, and now he'll be back there in special teams. The only place I think it's a push is Auburn has Keontae Scott at punt returner as well, and to a good punter and place kicker. So I would call that a push. I just think Alabama William is better across the board in every phase. And I think that's why this will be a double digit win for the tide. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of see it being like a 20 point lender. And, um, 
you know, even though it's played down there in the damn haunted house on the, uh, <laughs> um, you know, Indian burial ground down there. But, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you. Um, you know, my final point total is going to be probably 20-plus points versus, uh, you know, what the score is actually going to be. Yeah, no doubt. So, well, William, you obviously like Alabama by, uh, you know, uh, by three scores. Do you have a, a, an exact number you've decided on yet as far as your pick? Yeah, I mean, I like them kind of like, uh, you know, 39 to 21 um, yeah. Alabama versus Auburn. And then, Thomas, what about you? I mean, you obviously think this is a, a really good matchup for Alabama and a bad one stylistically for Auburn. So, so let's let's detail that a little bit. I realize I'm being somewhat bombastic this evening. the The problem is that Auburn is very much so a run to set up the pass team. That they yeah. they very much William so was want, talking about that. Yeah, right, right, right. And I just I just want to reinforce. You know, looking at it, Auburn is 19th in the country in rushing yards per game. They're 126th in passing yards per game. So, slight, you know, 100-team difference there. But more than that, I don't like Auburn between the tackles against Mm -hmm. anybody. I really don't like Auburn against the Alabama defense when they're trying to pound the edges. Because what are you flowing into? You're flowing into Braswell and Turner setting the edge. You've got Deontay Lawson and Jihad Campbell coming and trying to clean stuff up. And honestly, in the interior, you're not going to find two linebackers better. And let's just say, for whatever reason, the Auburn blocking scheme works and those things are not a problem. Well, one of the reasons Caleb Downs is so good is he's fantastic at cleaning up mistakes. So that really to me, reads like Auburn's going to struggle moving the ball against a very good Alabama defense. Now, there's a chance that Hugh Freeze will do Hugh Freeze things and that goddamn voodoo hellhole in West Georgia, and Auburn will get a cheap touchdown. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that because that's what Auburn does. It's, it's, it's been a thing, and I'll just, you know, take your seven and shut the hell up. But – that's not a consistent way to win against this Alabama defense. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's 17-10 going in at the half, Alabama leading. But with Auburn not being able to maintain time of possession and really, really struggling on offense and bogging down, because let's be honest, Auburn's not beating Alabama with the pass. It just The stats don't bear that out. I think Alabama's going to keep getting bites at the apple, or if you prefer a different metaphor, swinging a sledgehammer. And eventually you're going to get a clean connection. And this game's going to blow open. Uh, as I said previously, the line opened at about 12.5. It's now 14-15, to 15, which means essentially Alabama's two touchdowns better. The over-under is 50, which if you really want to play this nonsense game, is something like 31-17. Uh, and you... you Give me a couple of points, listeners. I appreciate it. So we're talking 31-17-ish. So I don't think it's going to be that close. I think this Alabama team is going to stomp Auburn into the dirt. 
And believe me when I say buckle up for this Georgia team. I am going to spend a significant amount of time at work <coughs> figuring out the stats uh, for Alabama v. Georgia in a couple weeks, but I'll solve that problem on Sunday night. Give me Alabama 37, Auburn 17. Alabama covers. And, you know, spoiler alert, Drew, if we want to talk about this, I, I know I said it last week. I'm going to echo it again. If Alabama beats Auburn, which they should, and then they go out and beat Georgia, which I know Georgia's favored, but I think that's a real close to a toss-up kind of game. If those two things come to pass, here's, here's how far I'll go. If Alabama doesn't make the college football playoff, with those set of things happening, there needs to be a real, real, like, not director of the college football playoff committee coming out and talking to Reese Davis and sounding like mealy-mouthed, this is what we thought. No, no, no. You need to have, like, academic rigor-level discussions about what the hell you saw because that would be, to me, the biggest mistake or the biggest travesty that has happened in the nine years of the four-team playoff. And I go back to what I said previously last week. Ohio State went from three to six when <coughs> they beat a good Wisconsin team while TCU annihilated a bad Iowa State team, which I still think was a miscarriage. Ohio State yeah. went on to win the national title. Cool. I still think you know two things can be true at the same time. After the fact, the committee was proven correct. At the time, the committee was wrong. But based on that precedent, and they're different members of the committee, you're talking about an Alabama team that, should they beat Georgia, would have, a, would have the best win of the year. In a championship game, you're beating a team that has not lost in two calendar years. And it doesn't matter if it's by one or if it's by 100. That's a big deal. And everyone else, you know, Florida State, the Travis injury is terrible. Pray, prayers for that young man. But Florida State, they ain't what they were when they beat LSU. So suddenly things shift in such a way where there's a question. That all being said, it would be the biggest travesty of the college football playoff era because, I mean, Alabama's they, – they, they struggled through – Good competition. Now they're annihilating bad, yeah, let's call it mediocre competition. But resumes matter. If if statistics matter, Alabama, should they beat Georgia, will be the best statistical one-loss team in the country. Like, it's not that close because of the wins over very well-thought-of teams like Texas A&M. Yes, they fired Jimbo Fisher, but that's a team statistically that's well-thought-of, like Ole Miss. You know, everyone goes gaga over Georgia beating the snot out of Ole Miss while Alabama held them to less points. So, you know, that's a thing. You talk about uh, the Tennessee game, 20-7. to 7. You talk about the, the LSU game, seven points in the second half. I, I mean – I don't know what else Alabama could have done realistically to put themselves in the conversation as you watch various other teams struggle. 
I mean, even Michigan played a, an offense with a pulse this past weekend, and it was not that great. Yeah. So, so you look at how this thing evolves, and you have to feel good as an Alabama fan. And the reason I keep slamming onto this, Drew, is that I'm seeing a lot of, oh, Alabama's going to get held out. And the only the big reason I'm pushing back against that is, should that happen, that will be precedent shattering. Because, again, Ohio State has a two-touchdown loss at home to a decent Virginia Tech team, 35-21. And then Ohio State just starts picking them up and putting them down, picking them up, putting them down, picking them up, putting them down, picking them up, putting them down. And they beat, frankly, an overrated but still good Wisconsin team in the Big Ten Championship. They get in. Alabama, let's parallel this, lose by 10 to a better-than-Virginia Tech, Kentucky, uh, Jesus, Texas team, excuse me. And Alabama, struggle, struggle, struggle. Then they start picking them up, putting them down, picking them up, putting them down, picking them up, putting them down. And the parallels are there. You just sort of have to expand upon them. Now, I will tell you this, Drew. Should Alabama beat Georgia and not make it? That's both a travesty. But the winner of the SEC championship is the best team in college football, and it's not particularly close. Alabama would annihilate Washington. Michael Penix wants no part of Alabama. Alabama would annihilate Oregon. Alabama would annihilate Florida State, particularly with the backup quarterback. And suddenly you have a circumstance where best four, best resume, best four, best resume. Both Alabama will be among the best four, particularly if things break the way they are thought of. You know, I, I don't, I don't buy Washington at all. I don't buy Florida State at all, and they'll have the best resume. That is all to say that should everything break Alabama's way, should they beat Georgia, both statistically and by Everything committee has to say outside of the Texas head-to-head, Alabama comes up aces. I'm not worried about it. That would be the way I'd answer that question, Drew. Well, I'll just say this. I, I, Alabama's not the championship team, and they're not worthy of uh, getting to the Final Four if they can't beat Auburn uh, because this is an Auburn team that's building under Hugh Freeze. They're certainly better than they were a year ago, but they still don't have the Jimmys and Joes uh, that the University of Alabama does. Alabama's got some special chemistry as well. Uh, Alabama's gotten better each week. Now, Alabama's gotten banged up, but they've had somebody step up every time. And they should be healthier for this Iron Bowl. Now, they you hope that they can perform impressively and still be extremely healthy going in because they're going to need all hands on deck against the Dogs. We know they're playing Georgia regardless. And... It would be Alabama's first time playing Georgia since the 2021 National Championship game. And to hear some of the media and the Georgia fans, they've won seven in a row over Alabama instead of losing seven out of eight. Because the only here's the reality. Georgia beat Alabama in one quarter. It was the quarter to win the, nas- the first national championship two years ago. When Alabama was healthy, Alabama beat that ass. And not they didn't just beat it. They blew their ass out. They whipped their ass worse than Alabama. Then uh, Georgia beat them in the rematch, uh, you know, in uh, in, in uh, the, na- the national championship game. They beat their ass, you know, into the ground in Atlanta, okay, when Georgia was a huge favorite. So 
Alabama wasn't healthy. That's part of football. You had guys like Ajay Moron, Jaleel Worthless, and Javon Baker who didn't step up, or Alabama still could have won a national title. Alabama was winning 18 to 14. They weren't down 40 to nothing the way you, you hear Georgia people talking, acting like, you know, it was a foregone conclusion they were going to win. Okay. That's not what it was. Uh, Georgia beat Alabama. They earned it. And then they didn't get to play Alabama last year. Uh, they got to dodge Alabama because Alabama didn't take care of business. So they didn't have to, you know, take their nerve pills to try to take to take on the tide. Now, would they have beaten Alabama? Very likely, yes. I think they were a better football team. But I still don't think they wanted to see any part of Bryce Young or Alabama, okay? So, again, they didn't play Alabama, so they act like, you know, that they're in Alabama's head or something. Alabama needs to just to stay focused, take care of Auburn, and then you get your shot at the title, as they said in Lethal Weapon. You get your shot at the title. We'll see if Alabama's good enough. I hope they continue to, to say that Georgia's unbeatable and they're never going to lose another game, and they get to take on Georgia Tech, who's scrappy, but they'll take care of Georgia Tech. And Georgia's been the best team in the country so far this year. I think they've been the most consistent. They're certainly playing great football right now. But if you're Alabama, you got to keep your head down, whip Auburn's ass, burn their house down, and then you got to get to Georgia, and then you get your shot at uh, a, a team that will very likely be on a 29-game winning streak. So that's what you have to do. And if you win that game, there is no way they're going to keep you out of the college football playoff or the entire committee and Heather Dimwit and all these other idiots in the media should all be fired because they don't know shit about football. You understand? So that's what's at stake. Alabama's got to continue to win, continue to stay focused, and continue to improve, and if they do, I think they're gonna they're gonna get the result they want, no question about it. Oh, you you don't need to convince me. Look, I've I've raged against the entire committee structure since its inception. Look, I'm sorry, but I if I'm gonna be consistent, I have to be consistent, Drew. The win against – should Alabama prevail against Georgia, that should be just another data point. And it's not going to be because the committee is going to be absolutely seduced by the amazingness of, oh, you ended a 28-game winning streak and yada, 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 you know, two calendar years and, you know, throw all the things on it and suddenly Alabama's in the playoff. That's not the way things should work. Like, look – I get it. You want to get caught up in the emotion. You want to you want to jump for joy and unfortunately hit your head because you have a high vertical on the roof and all that. That shouldn't matter in this case. But unfortunately, because people don't like math, they decided to add people to the equation because, you know, suddenly reasons. And at the end of the day, I go back to the flaw that 2014 exposed being the reason that Alabama gets in. The committee is going to be seduced by the fact that, at worst, Alabama will beat the number two team in the country. And the argument goes something like this. If you are good enough to beat the number two team in the country in a massive leverage situation, you will get into the college football playoff. Now, Alabama has to get by Auburn. I think Alabama will get by Auburn. I really think that the Brian Harson years left Auburn just thin at a whole bunch of key positions. And uh, they'll make it a game for a quarter, a quarter and a half. Uh, so what? 
and then suddenly Jalen Milrow will find Jermaine Burton, and the throw will be kind of wonky, and it'll still work because eh. And suddenly, here we go. It's a jailbreak. And then on to Georgia. But again, that, that does not – those folks will, will, will jump on various shows and say various things about that's what the committee thinks. I'll be like, uh-huh, right. Sure, you don't understand what the committee thinks because you don't have the capability to understand what the committee thinks. But hey, let's you know, here's your sign of the cross. Here's your pat on the head. Have your dog biscuit and shut the hell up. If Alabama gets by Georgia, they're in the college football playoff. If Alabama gets, but to that, Alabama has to get by Auburn. I think they're going to do it. You know, give me again, thirty-eight seventeen, and you know, smoke them if you got them because at the end of the day, I don't want to take anything away from Georgia. Georgia's been a Good team through the first half of the year. They've been a great one in the back half of the year. Frankly, they've done what Alabama did this year. They started out a little further ahead of the curve than Alabama did, and well, <laughs> it helps they didn't have to play Oklahoma early. So um, they've been one of the best teams in the country. If Alabama gets by them, which they certainly can do, then game on. Just game on. I It will be very, very hard to accept – given the statistics surrounding this Alabama Crimson Tide team, should that come to pass, should Alabama beat Georgia, that they're not in the college football playoff? Well, and the one question I did see from Noble Country on Twitter is he, he wanted to know if all, Auburn looked ahead of, uh, you know, uh, uh, to the Iron Bowl instead of looking toward New Mexico State. Absolutely. Uh, they overlooked them, uh, certainly. Uh, and we've seen crazy things like this happen when, uh, under the great William Curry, one of my least favorite coaches of all time. He was he, he infamously lost in the Liberty Bowl to Memphis and then turned around and beat the hell out of Tennessee. But I just think Nick Saban's a much better coach. I think this team's on a mission to at least get a shot at Georgia. Ain't no guarantees in that game, I think. you know. But if you want a shot at the title, you've got to navigate a trip to Auburn. Plus, Nick Saban can reference the, you know, the game they gave Georgia. I mean, they gave Georgia all they wanted. So Auburn's capable. So you've just got to be ready to play. And I think this team will be ready to play. uh, No doubt about it. And I think after the 24 hour rule, I'm sure they're already grinding. They've already been working on Auburn. And so it's going to be a a very interesting game in Jordan Hare stadium. And we'll certainly uh, come to you next Sunday to recap. Let me, let me jump in. I also want to give a, I want to give a quick shout out to Paul on Twitter. You know who you are. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I didn't want to, you know, uh, he, he asked about the line. We sort of talked about this also. Um, right. We did. Yeah. I, I think it's low, honestly. And even without the, the, the New Mexico state loss, I think it's low. I think it's a three touchdown game. I'm sorry. It, it just isn't, if the team that came out against A&M was the team that came into Jordan-Hare, I'd be a lot more worried. And if that team hadn't done what they did against Kentucky, I'd be a lot more worried. And I'm the proponent. I'm the guy. I've beaten the drum, the voodoo hellhole in West Georgia. That's what I call Jordan-Hare Stadium. That's what it will be forever on this podcast. But this team, because of their togetherness, this team being the Alabama football team, I think they're going to beat the brakes off this Auburn team. I think the voodoo hellhole is going to become still a voodoo hellhole, but at least it's going to be a scorched earth voodoo hellhole. So, you know, shout out to our, our, our Twitter followers for asking questions. We really do appreciate it, Drew. Yeah, we do. And then uh, we've got a quick recap, too, of Alabama basketball. Uh, as we said on last week's show, they had been very impressive in the first two games. 
scoring 100 points against Moorhead State, 105-73, and then 102-80 to over Indiana State. Uh, they, they continued that first time since 56-57. They eviscerated South Alabama and Richie Riley, 102-46 to in Coleman Coliseum. And then they finished the four-game the four homestand to start the season with a 98-67 to pounding of Mercer. The competition will get much tougher, though. They'll be in Destin, Florida for the Emerald Coast Classic on Friday, Black Friday after Thanksgiving. They will play the Ohio State Suckeyes, a.k.a. the Buckeyes, at 6 o'clock uh, over there uh, in Florida. I guess it will be 7 Eastern time. Uh, but they'll play Ohio State on a neutral floor from the Big Ten. That'll be a, their first really big test. And if they win that game, uh, they get the winner of Oregon-Santa Clara. And if they lose, I think they get the loser of that game. So they'll get two games. Uh, and so th- that'll be a couple of nice tests for, uh, you know, Alabama. Hopefully they'll get they'll get the dub over Ohio State and then get Oregon. So far, they've been really, really good offensively and fun to watch. Uh, the, they're shooting uh, the lights out from the three-point line as a team. And they've shown a lot of depth, a lot of weapons. They've started to improve defensively. Uh, Nick Pringle got challenged by NATO. It's also Muhammad Wagee, the transfer from West Virginia, started to kind of assert himself and is pushing Pringle for a starting job. Grant Nelson has been super impressive, even when he's not scoring with his floor game uh, and defensively. Uh, and you've got role guys starting to develop, like Davin Cosby. Certainly, uh, he's done a nice job, and so has uh, you know a guy like Latrell Wrightsell. And, uh, you know, Sam Walters, this is a team with a lot of talent. Uh, it's fun to watch. Hopefully they'll continue to get better uh, defensively. And it's going to be a really interesting matchup on Friday night, early Friday evening with Ohio State over in Destin, Florida. So we will have uh, and they will play uh, the next day on the 25th, which is Saturday. So by next Sunday, we will have, a, you know, an update from uh, the Emerald Coast Classic. We'll see how Alabama does then. Uh, and see where they're where they're headed after six games. But they're four and zero right now, ranked in the top twenty five. And it was also fun to watch uh, Arkansas head coach Eric Musselman, aka Ernest T. Bass, fall on his face. Uh, you know against UNC Greensboro. So uh, never it's never bad when uh, when Musselman drops a game, even though everybody knows Arkansas is talented and they'll be back. Just like Kentucky lost a tough one to Kansas. Both those teams are going to be really tough in the SEC. But again, Alabama are going to get their first test this week coming up against Ohio State and potentially Oregon or Santa Clara in the Emerald Coast Classic over in Destin. But we want to thank uh, William Redfish Barger uh, and Thomas Watts, and uh, we appreciate both them being on. I'm your host, Drew Armand. We gave you uh, our picks. We all pick Alabama to have a decisive win over Auburn. Uh, I, you know, as we said, Thomas said 37-17. I said 34-17. Uh, Williams said 39-21. So we all think Alabama can get the job done against the Tigers and Jordan-Hare. Uh, now, we know Hugh Freeze is going to improve that program, but it's about the here and now, and Alabama is the better football team. And they're on a mission to measure themselves and get a shot at the title against the two-time defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, after they dropped that game to Texas early in the year and have improved so much. But we'll break that all down next Sunday. Again, like Thomas said, appreciate everybody. Appreciate Paul Crew on Twitter, Noble Country. Appreciate the Patreon pledges and everything and your questions. And we'll continue to answer those and more. And we'll talk to you next Sunday on BAMS Radio.
Everybody have a great week, and we'll enjoy the Iron Bowl on Saturday. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.